0: Do it in media, media, take pictures of everything. I told him this to be back there. I said, B, I said God, dog. No. I said, man, it's hard to take a picture when you're crying, man. <laughs> but I got to do it anyway. And just like that, the work of the Lord has to go on anyway. No matter the circumstance. troubles you think you're in. It's all your perception. If you think you're in trouble, and maybe you just lost who you are. You, you forgot. You, know, you turned away from that mirror. You know you need to turn back to it. In case Is wondering when can I get up and do something like this? When can I get up and deliver? I said, you give a word. If you're studying, if you're talking to God, if you have a relationship with Him, a genuine one, He's talking back with you. You know, we hear teacher all the time say, You gotta ask God questions. Sometimes I used to say, to ask God. Yeah, he all-knowing. Like, where do I even begin? Well, the secret to that, the answer to that is. When you're open to him and available to hear from him, he gives you the question to ask. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So y'all know me. They joke me about my little pieces of paper and stuff. But in, in, in my conversation with God and my, my being quiet and my trusting in him, you know, he talks to me. He gives me questions to ask. And when you get the question that you're hearing from him, and, you know, pastor keeps saying, you know, I got to get you back up there, you know, I got a word. So there's one question in particular that God gave me to ask him back was, who are you to me? in this relationship. You know, who are you? We know that we're the children of God. You know, we know that we're the church and they call the church the bride. But what does that really mean? So as he began to deal with me on that, pastor asked me, you got communion. So if you want to know when your turn will be up here, continue to talk to God and pastor will tell you when your turn will be up here. Every time I come and deliver the purpose of communion, my heart is that you all are aware of what it is you're doing. Because the scripture says many drink and eat damnation to their souls because they take this communion and they don't know what they're doing. So one reason that you might not know what you're doing is because you might not know who you are still. So we all know that... uh, in the communion, there are you know, different cups and different meals. And you eat the bread at different times. But in this particular one, which we do, it would mirror the marriage or the betrothal before the wedding or the marriage ceremony in which there is a price named for the bride that the groom has to pay. And there are terms and agreements. And when the groom and his father and the bride and her father comes and sit at the table. And once the agreement has been met and the price has been paid, the groom then takes and drinks out of a cup. He sets it on the table. And if the bride accepts, she's the last one in the order. If she accepts, she takes the cup and she drinks. Right. That's her yes, I'll marry you. Right. Then the groom and his father depart. And that's when he begins to prepare a place to bring his bride back. So we all know that Jesus, after having communion, he was delivered up. He was beaten for our transgressions. He was bled out on the cross. He descended into hell. He conquered the devil. He was raised. And he is there now preparing a place. So my question was, or the question given to me, what are we supposed to be doing as the bride at this time? Because we go from day to day. You know, we've been teaching a lot on relationship and love, and emotions. And, Praise God. And, and just want to know, you know, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? How is it that I'm supposed to be treated? Can somebody bring in my phone? And so, I begin to look up the different words, bride and groom. Of course, you know, bride or groom in the Hebrew would be chatan, which just means the husband, a daughter's husband or groom. It's a noun. We know that nouns are people, places, or things. In this case, the noun would be a person. Groom in the Greek. Is nymphios. Again, it's a noun. It means a groom, a husband to a daughter. Again, a noun is a people, it's a thing. We you know in this case, this noun is a person. So we're pretty settled on who the groom is. But who is the bride? Of course, we know the church. We say the church is the bride. But sometimes I know some people might get caught up on you know, the bride being girl or boy, you know, bride is a girl, groom is the man. Mm-hmm. It's just for the sake of words, so you can see it, that we apply a gender to the word. And the words are feminine and masculine. And so, so we can understand it better, get a better picture of it, we apply gender to it so that we can see it physically in a marriage as a representation, the husband being the groom, a picture of Christ. The bride being the church. Now in olden days, those marriages were arranged. Um, worldly, uh, pagan wise, the bride, the woman wasn't looked at as a person. She was a possession. Which is why it was easy to make a price for her. But in the Jewish culture, That's where we get it from when God had his covenant and he talked to man, he was at importance. She served an importance. Now we know the earliest of that we can see is, well, in the Garden of Eden, we had Adam and Eve. Now we know who Adam was. He was first made. He was a vessel to house the presence and the glory of God. He was to subdue the land. He was just like God. But there was a problem. God looked around. And he said, I don't have a helper. He doesn't have a protector. So I got to give him a help. Me. He creates a woman. Now just from that alone, <laughs> you'd have to deduct that woman has a value and a purpose. Because God created her for the purpose of helping The man of E, of Adam, fulfilling his purpose in the garden, Mm -hmm. which is a whole other purpose. I know Pastor, get back on that. That's a whole deeper teaching about purpose here on this earth. Uh And he needed protection. We know that didn't quite happen, so you had the fall. But in there, there's still. I don't know if you remember any of the teachings, where teachers teacher still touched on this. That when a man is searching for a wife, he searches for the good thing. Even though the word says the good thing is Christ. Um, women have what we call women's intuition. Now, Minister B so eloquently delivered to us on Friday uh, about Joshua. And he was the only person in the Old Testament that they said the Holy Spirit was in Joshua. Only person in the the Old Testament the Holy Spirit was in Joshua. So if we are something, then that means we do something. We're known by our actions and the fruit that is an action. So in the Old Testament, I know it's the Hebrew language, bride is Kalaw. It is a verb in the Old Testament. And everywhere you see it in the Old Testament, it is an action. And we look at it as an action of Holy Spirit. So this this is a couple of meanings of the word Kala, meaning bride to restrict, to retain, withhold, to shut up, to finish. We know that these are all actions that Holy Spirit has done to help lead the people in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they were believers, but they weren't believers like we were believers. But so it says that they have died not seeing. But they believed. And when they died, they went to a place. And they stayed there till Christ died. He went and got them. Now, when you take this communion and you drank that cup and you eat that bread, there was a, a deal made. From your old father. You were a bastard child and you were the seed of Satan. That was your father. Now, they don't preach it much. Nobody really preaches it much. But God and Satan did have a deal. He asked Satan, how can I have my children back? Satan said, well, there's one way. Bow to me, you got to give me your life. So God said, oh, okay. All right. I'll take care of that. You won't realize it, but I'll take care of that. So, we read all through Scripture. We are seeing the move of Holy Spirit in the Old Testament as a verb. He's a move. It's what He does. That's how you know Him. It's what He does. We know, you know, the teacher's bold. She's powerful. It's what she does. She's organized. She wants to push you to excellence. What she does. The pastor in a little different way. He's loving, but he's still bold. But we view it differently, but it's what he does, it's how he acts. It's every day, no matter where you see him, yeah. yep. that is who they are. Amen. So we're going to move down to the New Testament, the New Testament mainly being in the Greek. That word bride in the New Testament is nephi. Now, in the New Testament, that bride is now and now. A people, place, a thing. So, and then it simply just means daughter or daughter-in-law. A woman about to be married or a woman who is married or just married. So we have several examples in the Old Testament that of a daughter being married into a family and then marrying, married, being adopted in, and then being married to the family. We have Book of Ruth, so There was an establishment, kind of a circumventing of the bloodline. A lot of times the bloodline was messed up, but Christ needed to come through that purest bloodline, so there had to be some moves and some detours that God had to put it on to get it back right. So that's where he stands with us. So as always, my my main concern, which brings me to a side note. (laughs) I know, right? It's like my pastor. Uh, When it comes to this thing of servitude, if you're serving God, you're serving people. That's how you. That's how you serve. That's how you serve God. You serve people. When it comes to this thing of servitude in the church, uh, how I serve you, or specifically when you look at Saul, Paul, and David, it's called armor bearers. How you serve pastor is by serving the people. Yeah. And how you serve God is by serving the people.
1: That's right.
0: Some of how you serve pastor may be directly to serve him, but that's still to help him serve the people. That's right. So, yeah. I say that because a lot of times there has been a big uh, problem in the church caused some murmuring. So you, you have been warned. Be, be careful. Be careful how you put your mouth on the pastor and the teacher and those around him. Okay. So back to taking a community. My heart is that nobody do this, you know, not knowing what you're doing, or not being true to yourself, you number one. That bread represents his body. That's the cost that it took for you. That was a payment. That was one of the agreements to have you back. And we know we always say here that life is in the blood. So he had to bleed out. And he had to transfer that blood to you. What we know now is spiritual DNA transfer, a spiritual blood transfusion. Come on, come on. And other than Joshua, there was no other person, oh, John, about mm-hmm. John the Baptist, that ever was indwelled with the Holy Spirit. You had to be a pure vessel, you had to be, you know, make a trip to the potter's house, as they say. Your old wine skin had to be replaced with new wine skin. Cause otherwise, to put that spirit in that flesh that you had prior to, it'll kill you instantly. So when you take that, you take this cup and you say, "Yes, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord, I'll marry you." You're you're noting. He paid a price for it, and yet your previous father was not a good man. He didn't treat he didn't treat you, you fair. Yeah, he might have done a few things for you, but he really didn't do what he was supposed to do. So that leads me all the way back to the question: What are we supposed to be doing in between? So Al, I believe, Pastor, was it Second Peter? First Peter? Let me find that scripture. Amen. I know. It's just funny because every time I talk to God, I try to be like teaching, be (laughs) all structured, and I want to have an outline and everything like that. It never works that way. It just doesn't give it to me that way. That's fine. Glory to God. I mean, out. You can never you only appear to look foolish in the eyes of others but it, in God's eyes you're perfect. You're perfect. Perfect and you're right on time. I, I think I want Second Peter 3.11. I really do. I think it's 2 Peter 3.11. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah. Praise God. I think that's where it was. I believe
1: it was one of that passages Hallelujah. 2
0: uh,
1: Peter chapter 3 at verse 11. Hallelujah. It so read, Since all these things are thus in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of you to be? In the meanwhile, in consecrated and holy behavior, and devout and godly qualities. While, verse 12, you wait and earnestly long for, expect and hasten the coming of the day of God by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. All the to 18. But we look for new heavens and a new earth, according to his promise in which righteousness, uprightness, freedom from sin, and right standing with God is to abide. So beloved, since you are expecting these things, be eager to be found by him at his coming without spot or blemish. And at peace, in serene confidence, free from fears, and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Verse 15. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord, his slowness in avenging wrongs and judging the world, is salvation, that which is conducive to the soul's safety. Even as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the spiritual insight given him speaking of this as he does in all of his letters there are some things in those epistles of paul that are difficult to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist and misconstrue to their own utter destruction just as they distort and misinterpret the rest of the scriptures Let me warn you, therefore, beloved, that knowing these things beforehand, you should be on your guard, lest you be carried away by the error of lawless and wicked persons and fall from your own present firm condition, your own steadfastness of mind. But grow in grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To Him be glory, honor, majesty, and splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So be it.
0: I'll let the word speak for itself. I will let the word speak for itself. I, when you had, you had asked me to do communion prior to that scripture and I started to look and searching I'm like, good God I'm like, that was the answer right there what we're supposed to do but remember in the Old Testament bride is a verb it's Holy Spirit he dies he gives you the cup, you said you'll marry him one of the things that he gave his disciples was go to the upper room and wait For my Holy Spirit. When it come upon them. Mm -hmm. Our main purpose here on this earth. Is to destroy the works of the enemy. That's the will of God. Remember Brad in the Old Testament. Attributed to Holy Spirit moving. He restrained. He constrained. He shut up. These are all the acts that he was doing. Fighting the enemy. He's giving us time. That's right. So now that he has ascended to the most high to prepare the place, what we're supposed to be doing is with that power of the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to be fighting that enemy. We're supposed to be restraining his hand. Be, that's right. shutting them up and shutting them down as they say. But you just got to have that Holy Spirit. That's who we are as the bride. And one of the things that the brides had to do every day that right there you had to be expected of him. had to be waiting for him. Yeah, you know, Every day you wake up like teacher said, she's expected of a move. We don't know when he's coming. We don't know when he's coming, but you gotta be ready for him when he comes. You gotta be found without spot or blemish. The only way to do that is that you be long suffering like he was. The pastor gave the analogy of the blacksmith. He make that sword, got that iron, he look at it after it's heat up, he look at it, see them black spots, them blemishes. So he beat that thing. Till them black spots gone. So the Holy Spirit doing, he's beating us. We going through the trials and the tribulations and he just refining us. Yeah. If you save, if you genuinely save, it ain't the devil beating you. Oh. 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 Okay. That's right. That's what temptation, that's what pastor's talking about. That's your that's your refining fire. There's no way that when he comes back, he's going to look at you and say, you're worthy of me, if he hadn't been tested. No spot, no blemish. That's right. So now, before you take this cup, search yourself. Do you really want to tell Christ, I do? Will you be waiting for him when he returns? Will you look for him every day? Don't be like the, you know, was it 12 versions, right? 12 of them, wasn't it? They was expected to be waiting on the one. Yeah, five kept their lamps trimmed. Five didn't. When the groom came calling, five were ready, five weren't. You gotta had a fire, that oil, all of joy, Holy Spirit. <laughs> fire. Again, the representation of the Holy Spirit. Lighting your path, fire. That's who we are. We're the bride of Christ, the church. Being perfected in what? Love. Because where there's love, there's no evil work of the enemy. You will be without spot or blemish. So y'all can just you're ready. And I feel that you are. Greg will give you direction. You can come on and receive your sacraments. And just remember that body where you hold that bread in your hand. That's his punishment. He paid. That's the price he paid for you. That blood, in that blood, that's the life. Life is in the blood. That's the life, the new life that he has for you. That's why he calls it the new covenant, the new testament. So Minister Gray here will give you direction. And you can come receive your sacrament. in the back then yes, sir I don't know about y'all but now when I look at this it made me feel a little different now <laughs> also I like to say this too we read from I use in the scriptures reference to do the communion but we all brothers in Christ these writers in this book and us there's no difference. They're not any more powerful than we are. They just chose to lay their lives down. Maybe a little bit more than some of them. So I I always use 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I like it because it starts off here at verse 23. when Paul says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. He took ownership of something. He took ownership of that power that he had within him. So I too now take ownership of that power. Right. And on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. He gave thanks and he break it. He said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This you do in remembrance of me. the cup and after they had finished eating he said this cup this is the New Testament in my blood this do you as often as you drank it in remembrance of me we all drink I do Lord I do I will marry you I will expectantly every day expect your return and wait for you. I will keep my heart and my ears trained for your voice, your call. And I will continue to do the will of your Father which is now my Father. Accepting all power and glory has been given to me through your Holy Spirit, Father. Thank you. I lift you up on high. And I long for the day that I can be joined with you in heaven. Praise God, Lord.